Welcome back, friends. I'm Megan Meredith, and I'm glad you're here. Today's conversation is with my friend Natasha Hudson, and I'm very excited to share it with you. A little disclaimer that our conversation at times is not always family friendly. We talk about some sensitive topics and some even kind of taboo topics, but I think it's really important. It's a really real topic about the things that women are conditioned to believe about our bodies. And I'm actually really excited about this conversation and all the places that it can lead. I've had several of you reach out to me and want to talk about topics in and around this vein. And so I'm actually excited for this to kind of go beyond even this conversation today and explore some new avenues around women's body image and weight and sexuality and all the things that culture kind of puts expectations on women about. I just wanna explore that with different voices, um, even some personal history, personal experiences. You you write what you know and you talk from what you know. And so um, some of us will be able to share our personal experiences and some of it is just experience, learned education and advocacy. So I'm really excited about this conversation. I'm glad to share it with you today. Natasha Hudson is my fabulous guest. Natasha is a personal trainer, a holistic health coach, a fitness nutrition specialist, and a Reiki practitioner. If you need to pause the episode and go look those words up, go do it because then you'll be super impressed with her. She's a fantastic human. She's super passionate about empowering women, giving women permission to use their intuition, to, you'll hear this term in the conversation, come home to themselves and create lifestyles on their terms and truly nourish themselves, their bodies, and bring their weight into balance without self-hatred or restriction. And while that's her bio, it's still very much true of her. And you'll hear that in the conversation, but she's super passionate about this. I, I love that. I love to hear what people are passionate about, their stories, where they come from, how they got here, and, and what they want to do with it, you know? And that's really what this podcast is about. I'm not a super impressive professional. I don't have titles and letters behind my name. I'm just a girl with a microphone. (laughs) And I'm excited to have people on this show, on this podcast that are passionate and educated and well-informed and want to do the same for you guys. I want to bring you their in personal lives and in communities. So with that being said, let's jump into my conversation with Natasha and we'll talk more after. All right, huge welcome to my friend Natasha. Welcome to the show. So excited to be here. Thanks for being on. So I'm sure that we could talk about all the things. All the things. All the things for days. But what is something we can talk about today? I think that we could start with weight loss. Whoa. <laughs> okay. I mean, very basic. So that is a not a whole lot to discuss. That is a loaded topic. Tell me more. So you know. <laughs> As you kind of introduced with my bio, I have years and years of experience in the fitness and nutrition industries. So I've run businesses, um, doing health coaching. I've worked as a personal trainer. I've led fitness. And I got into that because I honestly thought the key for helping women feel good in their bodies, feel confident, Mm -hmm. find their ideal weight was literally about calorie restriction Mm -hmm. and expending more energy through exercise. But what I really learned through years of putting women through things maybe I'm regretful for now is that food and exercise is such a small piece of it Mm. that weight loss and let's say it better weight balance Mm. optimal weight has very little to do with those things it has everything to do with taking your power back okay finding your voice yeah finding your intuition and learning to trust it Mm -hmm. so what we see in our society is women are encouraged to give their power away Mm. and to distrust their intuition from a very young age. Yeah. So if we think back, I'm guessing anyone listening right now, you have a first memory the first time someone told you that your body or your own desires were not right and good. Mm. Someone told you, okay, I know you think you want that. Mm -hmm. You don't know what you're talking about. You actually want this. I just got triggered. (laughs) 
And it's, we, it, and yeah. we take that into our yes. bodies and that starts a domino effect that carries with us for the rest of our lives. Right. And with that, it's heartbreaking yeah. to see women who spend their lives just trying to get smaller, to want for less, sure. to do more. Yeah. For what? Mm. To feel less at home in their own bodies, mm-hmm. to give away their voice more and more. Mm-hmm. And so with that, I just feel so passionate mm-hmm. about helping women honestly come home to their yeah. bodies. And I think that's something we share through yoga. Let's mm-hmm. say, for instance, yoga is such a great conduit to help women yeah. start to feel what it's like to be in their bodies again. Mm-hmm. Because yoga isn't about rushing through. So there's yeah. a lot of other things that are brought to women as like healthy mm-hmm. habits, like running yeah. forever. Well, you run, run longer, run longer, longer distances, get on a bike, go longer. So it's all this cardio and it's running away from yourself. But yoga Mm, says, be here now. Yeah. Feel your body. Mm -hmm. Where do you feel this in your body? And especially, I feel like women who come to me and say, I've dieted since I was 10 years old. Yeah. When you... Wait, are we talking about me? (laughs) (laughs) Me too. My mind started at like five. I think was the first time I was given a slim fast shake. Yeah. Oh Um, my gosh. Yes. But if you think... So I talk to these women and if I ask them how they actually feel Mm. in their bodies about themselves, Mm -hmm. about the weight they're at, about the weight they want to be at, Mm -hmm. these women are regurgitating often stories that aren't their own. Yeah. So for instance, let's say a woman comes to me and she's like, you know... I weigh 200 pounds. I want to weigh 130 pounds. Mm-hmm. The why, if I say why, why, mm-hmm. why 130? Yeah. Someone's given her that number. Sure. So either her mother, who might look a lot like her, weighed 130 pounds at some point and thought that that was like the ideal. Or there's right. a celebrity who's there. Yeah. Or maybe there's a time in the past when she was at that weight mm-hmm. and she felt like that was the time that she was seen and yeah. valued. And so she associates worth, her Mm, self-worth and self-love with a number that she's not at today. Right, right. But there are so many things to consider. So 200 pounds versus 130 pounds, literally that's nothing more than feedback from a scale Mm. on gravity's pull on your body. Like (laughs) literally, let's just call it what it is. Right. Those numbers aren't telling me how satisfied you are with your life. Mm -hmm. It's not telling you about your social support network. It's not telling you about how well you sleep. It's not telling me if you go to the bathroom, do you poop every day? Like it's important, you know? (laughs) Um, It's not telling me if you have any libido. It's it's not telling me if you're fertile. Like it's not telling me anything. Mm, It's just a number. It's a number. And what women, what we don't realize we're doing through the weight loss industry is we're telling women you are nothing more than a number Mm -hmm. and stay Mm -hmm. to that. And that feels so unfair. Yeah. There's so many directions I want to go with this. I have so many questions. There's one thing I want to pull out and just kind of have you define for everyone. Um, What do you mean by coming home to yourself? Like explain that, kind of flesh that out for us a little bit. So coming home to yourself is, in my point of view, it's honoring a connection to yourself that is greater than your physical body. Mm. So coming home to yourself However, you know, you see the world personally for me, I believe that there is a source bigger than me. I identify this as God, but that's where I'll stop. Right. But for me, coming home to myself is acknowledging Uh a direct connection Mm. to my source. Okay. To something bigger than me. And acknowledging that within that, it means I have a guidance system Mm. available to me within me that Mm -hmm. can only be within me. So when I say women coming home to themselves, it's literally, if you think about going within, Mm -hmm. And saying, actually, all of my guidance and my power Mm -hmm. in this world is housed within me. Right. It is not found externally. I am not meant to turn outside of myself Mm -hmm. to know what is right and good for me. Yeah. And it's likely that there's some people listening saying like, okay, hold on. That's like (laughs) real risky. I don't really think we should be telling everybody just go trust themselves and like stop looking to gurus and mentors and leaders. Yeah. But I would say... Where's that fear response coming Mm. from? What's to be scared? If you're really at home in yourself, Mm -hmm. not in things you've accumulated, I would argue that your true self and coming Mm -hmm. home to yourself is rooted in love. Yeah. So there's nothing to fear there. Like, so if we relate coming home to weight loss, if I say, if I teach women to be in their bodies, so Mm -hmm. we'll do things, we'll go through mindfulness, we'll do yoga, we'll do visualizations, things like that. The more you start to come inside of yourself, and turn to yourself being more than this physical body, Mm -hmm. I would argue 
this is when beautiful things start to happen naturally. Yeah. It's when honestly you recognize like you gave, got up and fed yourself that like perfectly balanced breakfast, but not because someone told you to go count calories and measure your food, but right. because literally you were like, I'm checking in with myself. I'm doing my practices. I feel at home and now I'm making decisions. Mm. Or it's the time when literally you say, I'm going to go for ice cream. And you find yourself being perfectly satisfied with the full fat chocolate ice cream, <laughs> but you recognize that you yeah. had one scoop and you right. loved every bite of it. You mm. didn't down a gallon of some fat-free something because somebody <laughs> told you that's all you could enjoy. Oh my gosh. So coming home to yourself is literally, how do you go within yeah. and find your guidance, find your intuition again? Yeah. You know, women yeah. being intuitive, everyone's heard these words. I uh-huh. think they're... Uh-huh. That didn't come from nowhere. Right. Like, it's true. Right. There is such a connection. We have so much guidance within yeah. us. And why do we think that stops uh-huh. with weight? Like, uh-huh. we think, like, cool, it can, like, guide me to keep humans alive as a mother. Right. It can help me to create communities. Yeah. But can't help me figure yeah. out what my right weight is and how I should feed uh-huh. myself. Yeah. Yeah. I think the tricky part is, and I won't speak for everyone, but I know in my own experience, in a small town you know, evangelical community, I was literally taught that I couldn't trust myself, that my intuition was evil and probably wrong all the time kind of thing. Like anything you want or desire is wrong. And while what you say and what they said sounds similar as far as having God within you, I mean, they would have argued that you didn't have anything good in you except for that God, instead of like the way that you are is is good and whole because that's the way he made you or, you know. I mean, I think that out, even outside of that, aren't there ways, don't you think, that women are just, I mean, taught the exact opposite of that? Yes. And that I we think, can't trust our right. own home kind of thing, which is why we're constantly going outside, seeking validation, acceptance, and kind of running that rat race of like what it means to be female yes. simply because we're not at home because we've taught, we've been taught and have accepted that we can't trust our own selves. I mean, is that just me or does that feel like a chronic, chronic. cultural, generational 100%. thing? Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, with yours, it sounds like, you know, a lot of how you learn to see your body, see your weight was rooted in religion, mm. people, but it's all conditioning of some yeah. sort. Let's yeah, call yeah. that. Yeah. So, you know, for me, I have very strong stories of it was definitely, I was conditioned by my mother mm. who had her own eating disorder. Yeah. To learn later. Yeah. Life. She had an eating disorder. She had body dysmorphia and I was being, that was being projected onto me based on her own yeah. fear. The religious path, you know, people, you know, they are truly believed that this is what's true, right? Mm -hmm. That you can't trust yourself. You need to be full of this thing. Your experience, I think, is very, very common. Mm -hmm. And I believe it's why the diet industry is a multi-billion dollar industry. Because it is so common that men and women, honestly, we call it what it is. Whether it's coming from family or religion or it's coming from work, your career or your peers, you're being told, Mm -hmm. don't trust yourself. You're not normal you're not right you're not valuable and of course so then we look to fill from outside Mm -hmm. in all the ways that we can so I think that's completely common and what I find most likely are women who are exhausted and usually end up working with me are usually in like late 20s early 30s let's say is the youngest they get and I think it's because they reach a point where they're like I'm so broken Mm. and I'm so tired yeah And nothing that everyone has told me will work is Mm -hmm. working for me. And I feel so lost and I've woken up in a life I don't recognize. Mm -hmm. And with that, I will say the weight is the door. Yeah. Weight dieting is never the answer. Yeah. And so it can be scary to say, I'm going to trust myself. I'm going to trust what's within. And I would say... It really is, and this is a term you and I use a lot, is reparenting. <laughs> yeah. And it seems so strange to be like, okay, well, you want to lose some weight? Well, let's back it up and reparent you. Right. <laughs> but I would say that's true. Yeah. I'm not yeah. going to talk to you about food until we've gone way deeper and we've mm-hmm. started somewhere else where you have a safe space yeah. to manipulate food. Yeah. And so how do you reparent that part mm-hmm. in yourself that says it is safe? To be here. Yeah. And it is safe for you to take up space yeah. inside of you. Yeah. Even if you've been told that only God can live there mm-hmm. or only other people's opinions, you are safe and you are good and you are valuable mm-hmm. and you are lovable. And it's big to just sit with that. Mm-hmm. If you are in a place where you're waking up and you're getting on the scale or you're saying I'm not enough because I weigh X mm-hmm. and I need to weigh Y 
or you cry when you put on clothes in the mirror, <sighs> or you refuse to go shopping yeah. because it's heartbreak. I would argue the root is there's a belief somewhere inside of mm-hmm. you that I am unlovable. Mm-hmm. And I would also argue that the reason you believe you're unlovable, the outside appearance is a symptom. Mm-hmm. It is, it's not it. Yeah. It's easy for weight loss plans to prey on that fear. Yeah. And that unlovable yeah. thing. Yeah. To say it's fine. Yeah. Drink these shakes. Mm-hmm. Deprive yourself. Don't want. Shut down desires. Because honestly, that's probably the easy route. Because <laughs> we know how to do that. We've right. been told. Right. Don't have desires. Don't want things. Yeah. Just shut down. Yeah. Don't have needs. Mm. Okay, so there was something that you just said that I want to expound on about desire, that we don't have desires, that we're not allowed to have desires. So say say more words about that. Yeah. So desire is something that socially is, I'm going to say, conditioned out of us from a very young age. So we come in and you look at babies, they have desires. Yeah. As in, I have desire to eat. It's completely natural. <laughs> I'm going to cry. Yeah. I have a desire for someone to change me out of this diaper because I don't like sitting in my mm. own poo. Like, <laughs> They cry and we right. get feedback. Yeah. But very early on in life, mm-hmm. we started to get feedback that what you desire is not right. So let me give you feedback that says want this instead. I like that word, feedback, so, yeah. Yeah. So let's start with food, like yep. really early on. Um, earliest experience you can think of, the first time t- somebody told you it wasn't right mm. for you to say you were hungry mm. or to have a craving for a certain food. Yeah. And so you're taught there, what's the feedback? That desire is wrong. Mm-hmm. Some voice inside of you is wrong. Don't trust that. Listen to me. Mm-hmm. The first time you stood up and you had an opinion that was different than a peer or a family member right. and they told you to be quiet mm-hmm. and sit down. Yeah. You got feedback. Don't trust that voice inside uh-huh. of you. Don't trust yourself. You're wrong. Then we grow up, yeah. right? Hormones are kicking. We have desires. Yeah. So let's say for, let's from a woman's point of view. Yeah. I have the desire to have sex uh-huh. with this male. Uh, yeah. Super attractive. My hormones are saying, let's go. Uh-huh. That makes me a slut. Right. Because like, why yeah. would I give away the milk? <laughs> That's the cow for free thing, you know, talking about. There's a saying, and I can't think it right. But we're told, basically, yeah. we're equated to a farm animal. Yeah. Um, but we're told... Don't do that. You're a slut. Right. You can't just have sex with right. a guy you want You need to, to have self-control as yes. a female. Yeah. yeah. But for guys... Cool. Do it, bro. That's uh awesome. Man, you're so cool. Such a stud. And so then we look, and I think there's so much there that this desire and shutting it down carries into even just, you know, we look at something like masturbation, super taboo for females listening (laughs) to this podcast. Guys have been talking about it in the locker room since they were 14. Right. Women are told you can't pleasure yourself. You can't desire something and meet your own need. Again, we're taught that boys have no self-control and that that shouldn't be expected of them, but females should have self-control and and a whole lot of shame. Right. And so, yes, with that, that our desires are scary because Mm. then we no longer position ourselves for the convenience of men. Yeah. It's a really strong statement. I get that. But I don't think it's not true. Mm -hmm. Because if you think about it, women are taught be smaller, Mm -hmm. take up less space. Yeah. Be quieter. Yeah. Don't meet your own needs. Mm-hmm. There's a dependency and a power struggle yeah. there. And even don't meet your own needs because you shouldn't have any. Because right. you exist yep. for the pleasure of other people. Yep. And if you just keep looking out there, they'll tell you what you need. Yeah. You don't ever need to feel mm-hmm. it or chase it. You just let other people tell you what's right for you at every turn. Right. And so the desire wow. thing is so, so big. Because yeah. we just shut it down in so many ways. Mm-hmm. Starting in childhood. Mm-hmm. Tell me how you got here. Because that's a long road, starting with the slim fast, to here, feeling, you know, more comfortable in your own body and feeling at home with yourself to the point that you're helping other people kind of come home to themselves. Um, I mean, obviously that could be like a whole a whole season maybe, but but tell us tell us the the short uh, summary version of how you got here. Yeah. So my Mom, let's start there, because a lot of where my path was dependent on her. So my mom was a model in the 80s. So that meant that she had this twiggy, like yeah. that was the optimal body. So she was 5'10 and rail thin. Yeah. And deprivation was how she found mm. the look that made her successful in her eyes. Yeah. So she passed that to me. Right. So I came out and my mom was rail thin, blonde hair, blue eyed. I come mm. out. And I have my father's mother's hips, as my grandma would say. <laughs> and I am very tall. I'm going to be a really tall child. I have big curly brown hair. And I'm just a big child. 
You're fantastic. And my mom had no idea what to do <laughs> yeah. with me. So she got scared and she kept thinking, I have to make her smaller. I have to make her smaller. Yeah. I have to make her smaller. So she put me on diets. So yeah. it started with Slim Fast. Um, you know, then it started with every diet food that the 80s and 90s gave to us. Um, so I only ate fat-free food. Yeah. All through my childhood. Right. Um, the fact that I escaped diabetes is a real miracle. Right. I mean, so many chemicals. Can we just so sit there for a second? My I mean, poor endocrine system. Like my hormones, yeah. no wonder yeah. I was so whacked. I remember being afraid of avocados because that's what they told us to be, you know, yes. like good fat, like it had so much fat in it. Mm-hmm. But then we were consuming so many diet products yes. when we could have just had the avocado. Which is another episode we could do on the power of marketing <laughs> yes. and innovation. But um, with that, Eggs are bad for you. Eggs aren't it, bad for right. you. We, we got so many mixed There's signals. so many things. So many. So many. And so, honestly, I did the traditional diet thing. Yeah. I never enjoyed food. I was taught like, don't want it. Don't desire it. Just mm. eat for a look, right? Yeah. So you eat things. And I started going to the gym. My mom started taking me to the gym when I was probably about 12 to teach me how to lift weights and how to walk, mm. you know, how to get yeah. in my cardio. Yes. And so that's all I knew. Right. I, it consumed me all of my adolescence. I will tell you my most vivid memories are how I felt at a certain weight, whether I was losing wow. weight or I was gaining weight. It's the last thing I thought of when I went to sleep. It was the first thing I thought of when I woke oh, up. Man. Can't tell you how many dressing rooms I cried in. Yeah. And so, um, you know, carried with me, um, led to an eating disorder. Mm. So I found bulimia to be this really lovely intersection of finally chasing the desires I had to have food yeah. that tasted good and made me happy, but then still honoring what society told me was good and right. Yeah. So I could eat the thing, but I couldn't keep it. Had to give it back up. Wow. Right? And yeah. that was lovely and good, and it was it made me thin for the longest period of time mm. I could maintain. And I got all the feedback that society told me I would if I just yeah. got thin. You know, yeah. guys treated me differently. My friends treated me differently. My parents spoke to me differently. Wow. And that only worked for so long, though. And a sense of control, I imagine, yes. too. Like, mm-hmm. I'm finally in control of the feedback that I'm getting yeah. based on this, like, mold that I'm supposed to fit in. Yes. Yeah. Huge control. Huge yeah. control. Because I had never been able to have any control. Mm-hmm. It was all outside of me. And it was kind of yes. like, do what they say and let's just see what happens. Yeah. I never was told that I actually had control on the outcome, mm-hmm. right? Or the input even. Mm-hmm. And so the bulimia, not sustainable for many, sure. many reasons. Many of yeah. which were, I really, I just wanted to keep my teeth into adulthood. Yeah. And it turns out that if you throw up repeatedly um, on a daily basis, damage. the likelihood of that is really low. Yeah. So I will say out of just being terrified, mm. I very thankfully was able to give that up, right? And that stopped for me and I put on all the weight and more and I was at my heaviest. And thankfully somehow, I don't know, by the grace of source or God or the universe, I went to a therapist and I just broke down and Mm. said, I hate myself. I'm miserable. I can't keep doing this. Because at that point, I saw my life as literally a cycle of trying to make my body smaller and I was fucking exhausted because it wasn't going to work and I refused to do this for 50 more years. Right. How old were you at that point? So at that point, I would have been, let's say about 19, I think. Yeah. And this therapist, really honestly, basically she said, I see you, Mm. but what's going on with your weight on the outside is honestly just a symptom of probably a thousand and twenty-one things going on inside of you. Yeah. And if you're ready to face those things and to dig deep, I will walk that path with you. Right. Right. And there was something that clicked in me that day where I realized that it clicked and resonated for me that my weight Mm -hmm. was a result of emotional and mental traumas and disturbances and things that I hadn't been allowed to process. Right. And so I, it just set it off for me. Therapy became something that is now a critical piece Mm -hmm. of my existence. Mm -hmm. Um, I started to deal with emotional traumas from earlier in life. And it also made me realize that because I had given my power away Mm -hmm. from five years old, I was completely ignorant to what it actually meant to eat right, quote unquote, or eat Mm -hmm. best for my body and what movement actually meant. So for me, that kicked off a decade of learning. Um, So I just, I started studying and um, getting certifications to better understand. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I went and got certified as a holistic health coach yeah. and a fitness nutrition specialist and a weight loss specialist. And I became a personal trainer and a group fitness instructor because all that, that gave me the knowledge to have the power and get my voice back to yeah. say, stop telling me what to put in my mm-hmm. body because now I know better mm-hmm. and I trust myself to do better. Mm-hmm. And I also was able to, through therapy, 
and educating myself. Yeah. I was able to get to a place where my entire worth was mm-hmm. not on a number yeah. for the first yeah. time ever. Yeah. And when you can actually see your total worth as mm-hmm. something that you can almost set the number aside from, yeah. because you start to realize that there's so much more to you, mm-hmm. that changes the game. Right. Because I can still have days where I wake up and I'm like, man, like it'd be cool if I could still fit in that, you know, skirt or that dress <laughs> or whatever. But it doesn't melt me down. It doesn't right. paralyze me sure. where it did in the past. Mm-hmm. There were times where if that outfit didn't fit or I was five pounds heavier, I literally was not leaving the house. Mm-hmm. Wasn't doing it. Mm-hmm. And now I can look and I can literally look at myself and reparent myself in a way. Mm-hmm. And I can look at me in the mirror and say, you are beautiful and you are lovable and you are so worthy. Mm-hmm. And there is so much goodness inside of you that has nothing to do with that skirt or that number on right. that scale. Let's go do this shit. Right. And so <laughs> right. that is really what brought me here is... Yeah. I want women to stop fighting themselves mm. and I want women to say and mean I am lovable. Yeah. Yeah. And when you get what I have found to be true is when you address a woman holistically for mm. all that she is. So there's a mind, there's a body, there's a spirit. Yeah. When you find balance holistically, mm-hmm. weight just is a thing. And it will right. find its set point. It will right. find its balance and you will be exactly in the body you're supposed to be in. Yeah. Now, part of that, I'm not saying that, hey, if people work with me, they're magically going to be at their goal weight mm. and like super skinny and people are going to love them. I'm saying I'm confident that you can get to a place where you're at peace in your body, mm-hmm. wherever that is. Right. And for some women, right. that literally is going to be a size 22. Mm. For some women, that's a size 2. Mm-hmm. But yeah. you're going to get to a place where you actually get to decide. Right. You don't get to say, well, I'm... Fine in my body, but yeah, and you're not going to disclaim and shape shift, right? Right. There's just so this is really how I came mm-hmm. to this place is I finally found peace with myself. Mm-hmm. I found all of me. Yeah. Yeah, and I really yeah. found my voice again. Yeah, I think it's really beautiful to hear stories. Um, I mean, I have my own where that breakdown, that moment that drives you to therapy, where you're in tears and you're like, I can't do this anymore, is really the like bravest moment in the in the whole journey. I mean, there's so much work on either side of that, you know, that's not being discounted, but just like that moment itself where you like get yourself into the office with the professional is just like a turning point because you're willing to say I'm not I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. I don't know what to do, but I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. Like I also just want I want women to hear that you need to see both. You need to see a doctor and you need to see, you need to have blood work done. You need you yeah. need to also see a therapist because yeah. some of what your body is doing is natural and yes. intuitive out of safety or protection. There's psychosomatic things maybe happening, but then there might also be endocrine things happening, mm-hmm. thyroid things happening. You know, like there's just because you are a whole person, you need to come at things from a holistic place, which is I'm sure what you're going to talk about next. <laughs> because <laughs> Pushing pause just for a second to tell you that this is ad space. I am into small businesses and side hustles. So if you have one of those and you'd like to have ad space here, just reach out to me on Facebook or Instagram or through the website. Click that contact button and send me a message and we'll get your ad here. And just like that, we're back to the show. Because I do want to talk about practically if you have a woman come to you and say, and if she has that breakdown moment with you of like, I can't do this anymore. I hate living in my body. What do I do? Like, where do you go from there with her? Yeah, absolutely. And so exactly what you said, like spot on. And this is something I say to my friends, probably to the point that they're like nauseated by hearing it. It takes a village. Like I'm so done with us just painting that on elementary school walls. Yeah. It takes a village. (laughs) And that doesn't stop because one day we're like, cool, I turned 30 or I turned 40. Now I got it. I'm Mm. I'm good on my own. It takes a village. And Mm -hmm. if, if you believe weight is a struggle that you're unable to overcome, it is going to take a village to get you there. And that's exactly how it would look if a woman came to me. So when a woman comes into me, it's weight. She yeah. says, I'm at a weight I don't like. I would like to weigh less. I would like to see mm-hmm. a different number. Let's be go. smaller. Yeah. So generally what the program looks like is we'll do a very comprehensive intake. And I want you, I want to talk to you about all the things. Yeah. What's your family life been like? Tell me mm-hmm. about your work life. Tell me about your career. Tell me about your passions and your dreams. Are you in a relationship? Or are you not? Do you have a pet? Yeah. Like, 
where where have you traveled in yeah. the world? I'm gonna ask you so many things because I need to understand as a human, where are you? Yeah. And where are you like crushing it? And where do you feel empty or stuck? And then generally what we'll do is we'll go through different components of life. So we'll go through social, career, spiritual, physical, and we'll identify where am I the right person to be your guide? Hmm. So for me, you know, I love educating women on food and fitness. Yeah. Because I love to take a path and break it down mm-hmm. and deconstruct what women think they know. And so you know what? Let's <laughs> yeah. simplify it. Let's uh-huh. do some basic things. Like I'm going to walk you through macronutrients yeah. and have you start paying attention. Yeah. Not because I need you to count your food for the rest of your life, but because I need you to know. Yeah. Because once you know, then you can actually make decisions for yourself. Yes. And for physical fitness, I'm going to teach you how to get in your body and feel and guide yourself to what you need. Stop mm-hmm. getting on a dead mill for 60 minutes a day and filling <laughs> your hormonal system. Yeah. Um, so with that, but then what I'm going to do is really any client I work with, they're going to be in therapy. It's really a, like a, a requisite for me. Yeah. You can work with me. I also need you to be with a therapist. Yeah. Because if That's we're going to break down your inability to lose weight as you see it, mm-hmm. we know, I know for a fact that it is true that there is something inside of you that you haven't been able to process and let go Mm. of and I am not the person who can walk you into your trauma and help Mm. you move through that yeah so you'll be in therapy and I'm happy to help them find and navigate that um they also will like you said be with their doctor Mm. or they'll be with a functional nutrition nutritional therapist someone is going to do blood work or urinalysis and understand what's the state of your hormonal system Mm -hmm. today is your body in a state where it would be safe to even go down the path to try to release weight right and so we'll do that. And then there also is a lot of mindfulness that will come yeah. into it. And a lot yeah. of times that's a place where I can help. That may be times when I lead into um, yoga yeah. teachers who yeah. maybe are trained in yoga therapy or different mm-hmm. mindfulness practices, breath work, things like that. But what we're looking at there is how do you start to access your energetic body, your soul, mm-hmm. your higher self? How do you do that? Because it's such a key. Yeah to everything else. It's kind of yeah. like the cog in the wheel. Everything yeah. else can exist around your spirit, but right. if you're spiritually dead yeah. and void and you can't come home to that space, mm-hmm. the rest of this stuff is just icing on a cake that never got baked. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, <laughs> yeah, so I will say, you know, and this is why I'm really not for everyone. It's not a quick fix. I don't yeah. have a 30 day guarantee for right. you, but I absolutely will say, I will walk the path with you. You will never be alone. Mm. I guarantee you will be validated and you will find out that you are lovable and that your voice matters mm-hmm. and you will leave with a village yeah. and that will change your life. A hundred percent. It will change your life. And I would bet that the change that you yeah. look back on has nothing to do with the number. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I love the voice piece. Obviously that's a, like a big theme for me. I've talked about that several times on other episodes, but I think when it comes to food, it's interesting because it, probably ties into everything and even ties back to the to the desires part we don't know how to honor our own choices and our own instincts when it comes to food whether we're like super informed about nutrition or not we've always been taught what is appropriate for us and that comes from I think the church and like magazines and Hollywood and I mean it just kind of comes at us from every Mm -hmm. every perspective and then you layer in whatever family of origin scenario you came from Mm -hmm. and if you had a model for a mom I mean good grief you know or I had friends that were in pageants Mm -hmm. and there's so much expectation I I mean I think expectation is like a whole we could do a whole series on expectation because you then again, you have no voice in that. That expectation is just imposed on you. And you, I've decided as a parent or whatever, what size you should be. And I mean, granted, there are like, there are boundaries that need to be in place. Your your toddler does not need to be 100 pounds, right. you know, or you don't need to just let your children be like wild animals. Right. And just have no boundaries. But at the same time, how do we, as adults now who didn't have any voice, I mean, like, how? what does that look like to cultivate that with someone who really, I mean, they're having that breakdown moment with you and they might think that they want to be smaller, but you see that they have no voice yeah. and no desires and they're not at home with themselves. How do you, how do you tell them that without telling them that? Yeah. Or do you just tell them? Honestly, I... 
really probably just tell them. Yeah. <laughs> I um, see that you're not at home with yeah. yourself. So yeah. Really, I mean, it usually is a conversation. You might be really surprised at how quickly people go exactly where they need to go. Mm. When someone holds space for them and doesn't yeah. try to talk over them or tell them right away what yeah. to do. Um, and it really is magical. When someone comes and the minute they don't say, I weigh X, I want to weigh Y. Yeah. And you say, okay, cool. Like pay me $500, drink these shakes and <laughs> yeah. you'll be there in 45 days. Yeah. When you say, okay, well, tell me a little more. Like uh-huh. when's the first time you remember feeling this way? Mm-hmm. Like when's the first time you went on a diet? What diets have worked? What hasn't? Yeah. So who was the first person who helped you understand what a diet was? This is all... It's just incredible how quickly people recognize that what they're feeling yeah. isn't. Oh, this is where this, this started. Yeah. Yeah. And I think what you were speaking of really made me think, where do people start? Like, mm-hmm. how do we know? How do we trust ourselves? Right? So there's yeah. a whole, obviously, I just talked about a whole evolution you can go through. Yeah. Where you leave, And you're on the other side, a different person uh-huh. and a different life. And it is magical. And I encourage anyone who's feeling called <laughs> to like, go find yeah. support. Yeah. Um, but where you can start immediately is stop rushing through it all. Yeah. Stop and give yourself an opportunity. So it could be as simple as eat, mm. eat your meal and then really take an inventory of how do you feel? And it's going to be weird because you're probably not used right. to paying right. attention to feelings. So after you eat, are you actually full? Yeah. Like, can you feel a fullness in your belly? Does your energy just dipped? Do you have to go to the bathroom right after? Are you bloated? Mm. Or is your heart rate faster? Like taking your pulse after you eat can be a really good indicator of how food's impacting yeah. you. There are so many cues you're going to get right away that are going to tell you that portion was really good for me. Yeah. Or you know what? That food reacted kind of weird in my body or that zapped my energy. Mm. Literally just start. It's data points. Yeah. Honestly, they're data yeah. points. Think of yourself as like the coolest experiment you've ever gotten to own hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. And it can be just pay attention. Mm-hmm. Journal if you want. Like, Write down what you ate, what you felt, and what you yeah. observed. And that is the easy, that is one of the quickest ways yeah. we can start to cultivate our voice mm-hmm. and our power within us as it relates to food. Yeah. Because you're getting feedback. You don't need right. someone else to tell you, like, hey, you ate three scoops of ice cream. The package clearly said the serving is half a cup. <laughs> right. Okay, cool. Right. Well, when you eat half a cup, how do you feel? Uh-huh. Do you still want more ice cream? Eat some more fucking ice cream. <laughs> okay, but when you eat three cups, how do you feel? Uh-huh. Terrible? Like, and now you've got guilt and your mental health is weird and your hormones are all over the place and you yeah. can't sleep. Can maybe we just give uh-huh. ourselves a feedback? So one yeah. cup is good for us yeah. right now. Yeah. And it's just that. It's yeah. just not that hard, but we've been right. told it's hard yeah. because people want us to think, I've got to go pay a bajillion dollars to some professional who can mm-hmm. tell me, well, you should only eat in half a cup and you should be satisfied. Uh, it's all within you. Only yeah. you know too. Yeah. There's a lot of people who can give you data points. Yeah. Only you know. I mean, I find as a yoga teacher that mindfulness is so groundbreaking, mm-hmm. but it's also so like elementary. Yes. You know, we're not taught to be mindful of anything, anything. from the very beginning. And depending on what scenario you grew up in, there's so many adults and we have no idea how to do anything mindfully. You know, to where actually paying attention to that stuff actually takes a lot of energy to pay attention to what we're doing, to think through it, to notice how our body's feeling. And even that can get people all worked up because they're like, I don't want to know how I feel. (laughs) I don't want to know, you know. And because I think that speaks to like the, the numbing that we've been doing our entire lives. And I guess I shouldn't speak for everyone, but I, I mean... (laughs) most people I know have at least one numbing coping skill. And so I think, I mean, obviously food is a number as well, but um, I think just the numbing that happens in our bodies, like we're not paying attention to how we feel. I just realized this year that like my body does not like red meat or pork. Yeah, That's not like I just developed an allergy. It's like I just started, I just, I just put those things together and I wasn't, Nobody was taught how to do that in the 80s and 90s. But then, too, if if people are trying to control you and make you fit in a mold, then they're not teaching you any of that stuff because they don't want you thinking for yourself because they're in control of you. And, you know, I mean, it's just a whole, like, power thing happening. And so we get to be adults and we don't even know how to go. A hundred percent. You know. A hundred percent. And what you said, mindfulness Spoiler alert, like taking out a whole history, it is the key to yeah. weight management, yeah. mindfulness. Because it was really, I always say that you can be like a house plant 
with like more complicated emotions because <laughs> it's just not that complicated. Yeah. You really aren't. I mean, yeah. yes, if you want to fine tune your body because you actually do want to like compete in an Ironman mm. or you're going to do a strongman competition, you probably need to be really intentional about certain things. Mm-hmm. But if you're literally saying, I want to live my best life and I want to feel good in my skin and I want to love yeah. myself, yeah. it's not really that hard. Like right. stay hydrated, sleep, yeah. eat. Not too much, but not too little. Right. And like past that, you get to call all the shots. Like right. you call those even. But the yeah. red meat and pork thing, this is something too that blows people's mind. I There's so much literature that supports bio-individuality. It's why there are a million different diets. Yeah. And each of those diets has worked for someone. <clears throat> yeah. Keto can send someone into the hospital and shut their system down. For <laughs> right. other people, they can yeah. make them like crazy ultra marathon or superstars. Right. It's okay yeah. to say that yeah. works for you. It doesn't right. work for me. Right. We wouldn't be weird about saying that with drugs, right? Mm. I mean, like, literally, if you're like, cool, that Coke works for you, mm. and like, man, that makes you, I can't do that. Yeah. Like, that not going to work right. for me, but thanks anyway. Yeah. So, same thing, me. Yeah. You know, when veganism is not for everyone, it doesn't right. mean you're a bad human. Right. Like, let's just listen uh-huh. to ourselves. And if something yeah. doesn't work for us, drop it. Yeah. If it really does, let's keep going. I think, too, there's an important piece of like DNA, like your genes, like, who you come yes. from. Yes. Like, you don't... And that's not like a cop-out or a crutch. Like, oh, well, my family just has, you know... I don't know what people say. Yeah. Big bones yes. or, yeah. or thick we, thighs we, 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 or... We all of us have big hips, you know? Right. I mean, it doesn't yeah. mean that you can just, like, quit life. Right. It just means that... I mean, from speaking from experience... I have to acknowledge that I won't ever look like the yoga industry's standard. Mm-hmm. And I don't even know if that's their standard, but that's their, <laughs> you know, like the... That's the cover model of yoga. For the longest time, before there was really body positivity, it was, you knew exactly what a yoga instructor looked like, yeah. you know? And so I'm not ever going to look like that. Yeah. And that's okay because I need to be comfortable in my own skin if I'm bringing that to a class. If I'm bringing insecurity to a class, mm-hmm. then that's not good for anyone. And it, it, that's <laughs> so challenging. And I have to say it's really hard for me to wrap my brain around it because I'm so grateful to be so disconnected yeah. from the industry standard of yeah. what we're supposed to look like. That is so one person's opinion yeah. but that one person's opinion mattered enough that it got perpetuated out right. to society right but it's this idea that like i have a lot of sayings we're just gonna keep dropping them but hopefully <laughs> people like walk away or you know yeah. go ahead and use them in an instagram post yeah. it's fine um but you can be the juiciest peach <laughs> the juiciest peach and yeah. someone's not going to like peaches yes Oh, There's yes. nothing you yeah. can do to change your peach yeah. that person doesn't yeah. like it move on right and so i think it's that is so important to acknowledge and it's a reason that I don't, again, I'm not going to walk in, a client in and say, okay, cool, we're going after that number, let's go. Mm-hmm. Why? And for mm-hmm. women especially, our hormonal systems are very complex yeah. and they change over time. Yeah. Literally, your body is meant to put on more fat over time. It's yeah. a way to keep you alive and hormonally <laughs> balanced. Right. So I honestly, I don't want you to weigh the same at 40 as you did at 19. Mm. Actually, that would tell me maybe we need to look at some indicators in the system that yeah. something's not right. Interesting. And your hips naturally are going to widen a little bit, right. especially if children. Right. This is how this works. Right. Your body is not static. Just like everything, it is changing and it's adapting to your surroundings. Mm. It is keeping you alive. And so that is the whole point, too. You know, I would be so interested. I wish I was a researcher. Um, Because I would be interested to know where the idea of, like, this just popped in, of bouncing back came from. You know, because we as women have this... We have this expectation that we put on ourselves as I think any woman, not just a woman who's given birth, but just like anything happens in life and we're, we're supposed to, we're expected to bounce back and our bodies are supposed to be the same as they were before. And some of us just didn't bounce anywhere, much less back, (laughs) you know? And so I would just, I would love to know where that came from. If that was like advertising or like healthcare or like where that came from, because I just think that got perpetuated since the beginning of time, maybe that we're just supposed to. And I guess some women do naturally, they have babies and they literally don't look like they had babies. But I feel like that as a general rule, that's not what happens, you know? And not that this is just about having babies. I think it's about, it's about surgery. I found that to be true after my hysterectomy, that it was just like, Again, once again, major event happened, and my body just said, I don't 
don't think um, we're doing anything. Yes. You know? And yeah. so my body completely changed after having a hysterectomy, and I didn't really expect that, and that is okay. And and we, ha- But I had to mentally battle that expectation that I'm supposed to bounce right back. Yeah. And it's supposed to happen fairly quickly so that people don't feel uncomfortable about the fact that my body changed. Yes. Because that is a really big deal, too. Like, don't, don't make people feel uncomfortable because of your body. Yes. Like, my body is for other people. Yes. Okay, so that's huge. And that definitely <laughs> would have to be another episode. But honestly, let's... It's a huge flaw in our society and it's so deep rooted and it's generational and I do think we're making progress. What you just described is complete societal conditioning yeah. that a woman's worth is in her looks. It's why women freak out when they age. It's why mm. they cover up gray hair the minute it shows up. It's why we have Botox and we have fillers yeah. and we do lasers and tummy tucks and all of this stuff. But for men, the older they get, right, the more try. It's like that sexy old man the salt and pepper wow look is so hot, yes you know? like who cares if the guy has a pot belly by then he's probably successful and has a lot of money oh well that guy is a great we think about guys yeah. being more like multifaceted and so we can excuse their appearance but for mm. women we can't excuse their appearance society freaks out society yeah. says do everything you possibly can before you have to be reliant on something other than your looks mm. to make you valuable in this mm-hmm. world so this is where it's so important. It's kind of not even that it's optional work. You've got to do the work yeah. at some point as a woman yeah. to come home to yourself. Yeah. If you actually want to be able to flow through life and not yeah. swim upstream, right. it's actually not optional because mm-hmm. you are going to get feedback yeah. at every stage of your life. It's just going to change. Right. And there, society is going to consistently tell you, mm-hmm. you're not enough. You're not enough. You're not enough. Right. So you just get to decide when do you want to stop listening to that and when do you want to cultivate within you the yeah. power and the voice right. to say, cool, I see that and I acknowledge that, but it's not for me uh-huh. and I can set it down. Yeah. You know what I think is important? I'm kind of hearing you say this is it's like, it's not like we get to a point where we're just like, I don't give a shit and so I'm going to eat the ice cream. Mm-hmm. It's more like I'm at home with myself and I have my power and my voice. Therefore, I'm making this decision yeah. To make to eat the ice cream, right? Instead of just being like, flip the table, I don't care, and let's just get fat, right? Because what happens is, food becomes input. Mm. So let's say what you watch, right? If you, it's everything you consume. So if you mm. consume social media or movies or music, food becomes another thing you consume yeah. to nourish the total human that you are. Mm-hmm. So I might argue that it, me personally. I'm not going to listen to like heavy metal music and watch horror movies all day <laughs> and like watch people being murdered on yeah. social media. I don't right. like, I'm not going to put that into me because right. that actually doesn't support me holistically. Right. The same thing starts to happen with yeah. food. Once you can actually say, Ooh, this thing makes me feel off or bad. Uh-huh. Then you don't put it in your body. Uh-huh. Food stops being this judgment of yeah. right or wrong. You stop using food to say I am good or I am bad. Uh-huh. And so it does become a point where you can say, Okay, I'm going to have that ice cream. Yeah. Then there might be a time when you say, okay, but I'm not going to go have a burger and fries and 10 beers because actually what I know lights me up is this activity that I found that I love so much. Like maybe it's a yoga class at 7 a.m. on a Saturday. And you say, hmm, that actually doesn't fit in Mm -hmm. to the person I am becoming, Mm -hmm. to the person I am. It doesn't fit in with the power within me. It's not like letting that go. But cool. And it's not a right or wrong. It's not like, oh, I have to deprive myself. It's, I get to make a choice for myself. Uh So it's totally reframing. Right. I love that. My therapist is always using that word reframe. It's so helpful. (laughs) It is. It's like, wow, where's that been all my life? I love what you said about the scary movies because that really like, (laughs) it's home with me. Because it is, it's like certain things in our lives, we are just decided about like I hate scary movies I do not watch them I never have I there is nothing appealing about that right to feel that way inside of your body when you ingest that yes and so like that's such a great that's such a great reframe (laughs) because we do that constantly I don't wear cold shoulder shirts I don't know why I just don't like them Mm -hmm. they make me feel weird yes like I don't wear low-rise jeans Oh Lord! They feel terrible. So uh, we went through that, and we will not do it again. Yes, and um, and so we do that all throughout our life. But there is that disconnect with some of us between food and the rest of the input, the rest of our diet, Mm -hmm. all the things we're taking in. 
I don't answer the phone. No, I'm kidding. I do. But, you but know. I don't if you don't tell me you're going to call. We need but, to yeah, there, I mean, there are certain things that, like, as an adult, we're making these decisions. And we're just like, I just don't do that anymore. I yes. don't drink alcohol. I don't yes. drink, you know, I don't drink sweet tea. I don't drink whatever. We make all these decisions for ourselves because they don't feel good. But, again, I think even that requires mindfulness. Some people would just continue watching the scary movies because someone else wants to watch it. And they don't want to. Oh gosh. I know, just so and so, you know, I think hopefully like where this is circling back to yeah. because it is so big and like being human is yes. so cool. Please so bring it home. Yes. So I think what we're showing is feeling like you need to lose weight. Wait. Yeah. Is really nothing more than this idea that you're sick of the bullshit. Mm. You're tired and you're ready to come home to yourself. Yeah. I would say feeling compelled to lose weight is just an indicator that it's time to make some changes and come home to yourself. That's yeah. really all it is. Yeah. Um, and there's a million different ways you can do it because what we've talked about is the key is let's tap you back into you. Yeah. Let's take you inside, not throw you outside. And you'll find your path. And mm. what you'll find is the path doesn't feel like work. The path is just a becoming. Mm-hmm. It's really honestly getting to parent yourself again in the ways that are best for you. Yeah. And so this whole conversation has had nothing to do with this is the right way. Sign up. Right. Get a discount code. It is. Here's the here's master a, class. Yes. Here are a lot of ideas. <laughs> yeah. And what I would say is what's one thing that landed? Yeah. One thing. Yeah. That's and good. let that be the domino because there's yeah. always a domino. And like I think for you and I. We both had this experience. It was showing up with a therapist. Yeah. That was the domino. Right. For some people, it's going to be going to a yoga class for the very first time. Yeah. And it's going to be choosing to sit in child's pose when other people are moving their bodies because mm. it's the first time they choose. Yeah. And that's going to feel so good. Yeah. It's going to lead to something else. For some people, it's going to, they're going to go have ice cream tonight for dinner. Right. And you they're going to love everything. And they're not going to make yeah. a judgment call and they're not going to decide I'm less. They're mm. going to say, that felt really good. I'm really happy. And like, I'm going to go on with life. Yeah. And that's going to be it. Yeah. And so I just would say, have grace. Yeah. Like whoever you are, if you're listening, let yourself off the hook. Yeah. Your weight, whatever it is, if you judge it to be good or bad, it actually doesn't make you good or bad. Yeah. It is one piece of you and you are totally empowered to change that if you wish. Yeah. But it's probably not the path that other people have told you it is. Yeah. Wow. Oh my gosh. I love this so much. Thank you so much for being on the show. I want to keep talking for like five more hours. Yes. So much discussed. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. This was a blast. We'll do it again. Yes. So how do you round out a conversation that could potentially go on for days? How do you wrap up something that you have so many more words to say about? And I guess that's the trouble of every episode is that there's so many more words to say. There's so many more questions to ask and places that we could explore. And I love that. That's the whole point of this podcast is there's always something to talk about. So we're done exploring for today. There's more where this came from. I'm so excited that you joined us today. And I hope you'll join the conversation either on the website or on Facebook or Instagram. And I'm gonna drop all of Natasha's handles in the show notes so that you can reach out to her if you find yourself in that desperate place that we talked about today. And you just need someone to guide you. You need someone to listen and help you come home to yourself. Thanks for joining us today. And we'll see you next time.